evening, everyone, and welcome to Equine Essentials. I'm your host, Gray Parks, Equine Sales Specialist for Protrition Feed, and I'm here tonight with what I hope will be a very timely presentation for you on how to help your horses cope with summer heat, especially while we're having um, unusually hot heat for this time of year. So the first thing that we want to talk about when it comes to helping horses in the heat is how horses cool themselves. Um, there are four basic mechanisms by which horses reduce their body heat. One is by conduction. That means direct contact. So if you put your hand on a hot stove, you conduct heat into your hand, your hand feels hot. Um, conversely, you have a hot horse, you spray cold water on the horse, and the horse cools off because the heat moves or conducts from the horse into the water. The second mechanism is by convection and that's contact with a liquid or a gas. Um, specifically, when we talk about cooling, we're talking about air moving over the horse. So cool air from a fan blowing across a hot horse will take with it some of that excessive heat. The third is radiation, which is just heat coming off of the body without direct contact. An example that you're probably familiar with is you absorbing heat via radiation from the sun. It works the opposite way as well. And the fourth and final way is by evaporation via sweating. So as the horse sweats and that sweat evaporates or dries off of the horse, then that is gonna remove body heat as well. Compared to other livestock species like cattle and sheep and goats, horses are very good sweaters. And so as long as they are hydrated and sweating well, they can remove a tremendous amount of body heat via sweating. Of course, with that sweat loss also comes um, loss of other important nutrients called electrolytes, which we'll talk about a little bit later in this presentation. So now that we've gone over how horses sweat, um, the most common question that we get this time of year when it comes to horses and heat is how hot is too hot for me to ride my horse? Um, these are some general guidelines. They are certainly not set in stone. Um, and the caveat here is this is assuming a normal fit horse that is accustomed to the weather. So if you have a fat horse, if you have a horse that's been out of work, if you have a horse with issues regulating its body temperature, um, with a disease like Cushing's disease um, or anything that might inhibit its ability to sweat, then these rules don't necessarily um, fit your particular situation. But general guidelines um, for heat index, which is the actual temperature in degrees Fahrenheit plus the percent relative humidity, is in general um, below 130 heat index, most healthy, fit, normal horses will not have issues with heat stress um, and can be worked as normal. Between 130 and 150, um, most of them are going to require some additional cooling out like hosing after workout. And you also want to make sure to pay attention to the horse as you're working it because it may not be able to perform at the same level or to, for the same duration that it would under cooler temperatures. Between 150 and 180, you want to use caution when it comes to exercising your horse. Um, you probably want to reduce the amount of effort and the length of time that you're asking that horse to perform. And you may need to exert additional cooling mechanisms like fans and cold water when it comes to cooling out because evaporation 
um, may be impaired a little bit when we get to these high levels of humidity. Above 180 heat index um, is generally considered in most cases unsafe to exercise a horse or a human for that matter. Um, even your horses at rest in the pasture may be affected by the heat. And this is where we've been um, the last couple of weeks and why I chose this presentation for this month's equine essentials. Um, we have been and will be at some potential heat index levels where even horses just standing in the field may be experiencing heat stress. So you wanna make sure you're monitoring all of your horses for potential signs and giving them ways to stay cool like shade, fans, cold water hosing in the heat of the day, et cetera. And certainly don't wanna be riding if at all possible in the heat of the day when we're at you know, air temperatures of triple digits plus humidity for heat index as well. Um, so what can we do about this? How do we cool out a hot horse? And there are a lot of traditions and myths about cooling out hot horses. And so some of the things that I'm about to say will go against some of these traditions. However, in the last 30 years or so, we've learned a tremendous about, about thermoregulation and cooling in hot horses, especially in the late 90s before the Atlanta Olympics, um, when we were very concerned about having horses exercising in Atlanta, Georgia, in July and August, especially horses from other countries where it's not hot and humid like it is in the Southeast. Um, and these are some things that we learned during that time period and since then that help us maximize our ability to pull out a hot horse. If you have a horse that is overheated or has been working hard in the heat, um, then the very first thing you wanna do is to apply cold water continuously, either from a hose or from a bucket, um, a hose is a lot more time efficient, but a bucket may be all you have in certain situations, and that will work too. Um, the conduction of putting the cold water on the horse is the primary way that you're pulling the horse out here. So the more cold water you apply to the horse, the more heat you're pulling directly off of the horse's body. And then leaving that water on the horse to evaporate will further allow the horse to cool. Now, notice I did not say scrape the hot water off the horse, which is where we start to fly in the face of tradition, but this is um, very, very important. If you scrape the water off of the horse, um, you do two things. One, it takes longer to scrape water and then apply more and scrape water and then apply more than to just keep putting water on the horse. So you're gonna take longer and with an especially hot horse, that can be a little bit dangerous. Um, and the other is that you're removing some of the evaporation. So you're actually reducing the degree to which you can cool the horse off as well. Yes, the water that's sitting on the horse will become very hot to the touch, um, but that's the point. It's pulling heat out of the horse. That water is still cooler than the horse's body temperature, so it's still reducing the horse's heat even when the water feels hot to you. And then the more you scrape, the less evaporation there will be, so the less ultimate heat you're going to actually remove from that horse. So we should reserve our sweat scrapers for cold weather baths. Um, but in the summer, especially with hot horses, hose them or sponge them, let them be. They'll cool much faster and more efficiently that way. Especially under high humidity, you also want to make sure that you're improving air circulation all around that horse to help remove more heat from it. So either use a fan or walk the horse, depending on your situation, where you are, um, and that horse's condition to help move air across the horse and improve the degree to which that horse is going to be cooling off. And it's very important to ensure the horse has access to free choice water at all times. Um, again, old myth, thanks to Black Beauty, among other 
other traditions that allowing a hot horse to drink cold water would cause the horse to colic or to founder. Um, neither of those things are true. By the time a horse swallows cold water and it travels into that stomach, the water isn't going to be cold anymore. So stomach cramps, that sort of thing, um, are not something you have to worry about with cold water. What you do want to be aware of is the horse's stomach can only hold about four or five gallons. So you don't want the horse to drink more than four or five gallons in one sitting because there's no room for it in the stomach. Um, so for those horses, you might need to offer them a bucket of water, stand them in front of a fan or walk them and offer them another bucket of water. But if they're wanting to drink two, three gallons of water in a sitting, um, that's perfectly fine. And the reason this is important is because there has been some really good research that shows that if you restrict the horse's access to water right after you work out, so you only give it a couple of sips of water um, and then take the water away for an hour um, or even 30 minutes, the horse will ultimately not drink as much total water post-exercise as it would have and therefore stay dehydrated for a longer period of time. So we want that horse drinking even horses that are turned out, um, that horse in the picture had not been exercised that day. That was just a very hot July afternoon. And he was very, very hot. So you want to make sure you have plenty of water for those horses that um, you're refilling your tanks regularly. Um, tanks like this one in particular that are black and plastic or rubber tend to get very, very hot if they're sitting out in the sun. So I try to only fill those types of tanks about half full when I'm managing horses with those tanks of water so that I can dump and refill them more regularly, keeping the water cool and fresh so the horses are more likely to want to drink it as well. Um, the other question that we get a lot about cooling out hot horses is, what about if my horse um, isn't normal, right? So what kinds of horses are more at risk for heat stress? Um, age has a huge impact. So very young and very old horses are going to have more trouble with heat. This is especially important um, when we have these first few hot days and animals aren't acclimated. So foals under about a month of age can't regulate their body temperature. Um, and we need to be very, very careful, especially because they have a tendency to lay down and go to sleep in the sun. Um, and they won't get up when they start overheating. They'll just lay there and get hotter and hotter and hotter. So if you have young foals in the heat, you really want to find a way to get them in the shade or under fans when it's this hot outside. And the same with very old horses, particularly old horses that tend to have Cushing's disease, which impairs their ability to regulate their body temperature. So they can't cool themselves off efficiently. And again, fit horses um, tend to man manage heat better than unfit horses, um, especially when it comes to exercising, obviously, in hot weather. Another important thing to be aware of is if your horse has a condition called anhydrosis, which is the reduced or completely lost ability to sweat, then that horse is going to be especially likely to suffer in the heat um, and really needs to be inside under a fan when it's hot outside and probably is going to need to be um, hosed off multiple times a day when it's um, in that 130 or above heat index range because the horse can't sweat to cool himself. So you need to find a way to artificially sweat the horse and help it cool off. So what about electrolytes? Um, a question that I get very, very often when it comes to horses working in the heat. Does my horse need an electrolyte supplement? Well, the answer is maybe. Um, does it need a daily electrolyte supplement? No. Um, the horse may need an electrolyte supplement on the days that it exercises in the heat. Um, but there's no benefit to kind of preemptively daily feeding of electrolytes because the body doesn't store 
electrolytes um, for later use. So you can't feed it um, today and hope to kind of load the horse for this weekend. It doesn't work that way. Um, the caveat being horses that don't drink water very well. So if you have a horse that's a poor drinker, then providing salt in the feed every day will encourage the horse to drink more water. Um, so not really a commercial electrolyte supplement per se, but making sure that the horse is taking in salt. All horses should have access to free choice salt. The exception being, again, those young foals nursing, um, because they tend to become obsessed um, and fascinated with the salt block. So if you notice foals having diarrhea this time of year, that can't be um, connected to them being sick or some other cause, you've ruled out all other causes of diarrhea. Often it's because they've found mom's salt block and they've got to town the salt block and then they drink water um, because the salt made them thirsty and then they get diarrhea. So we want to make sure we put salt blocks where young foals can't reach them. But for adult horses, we need salt out there at all times. Um, we expect an adult horse that's not in work to eat about two ounces per day of salt. So you can kind of eyeball the size of your salt block and number of horses that you have to see whether your horses are eating that much salt or not. Um, some horses won't lick a salt block. Some horses have preference for the type of salt block, um, white versus other colors. There's no nutritional benefit to anything other than a white salt block, but there are horses that have flavor preferences, just like everything else. Um, some horses will only eat loose salt, not a block. The block is a little abrasive and some horses aren't aggressive enough in their licking to consume that. So you'll have to experiment. And if your horse absolutely won't eat two ounces of salt free choice, then you need to make sure you're adding that into their feed every day. Um, and again, those horses that are exercising and sweating for prolonged periods of time in hot weather, those horses may benefit from an electrolyte supplement. Um, on the days they sweat. Um, now, a lot of commercial electrolyte supplements are not well balanced. Um, so make sure that you're checking the actual content per dose of what you're feeding when it comes to an electrolyte supplement. Um, most recommendations are for really high quality, high salt electrolytes because the two most highly lost electrolytes in sweat are sodium and chlorine. Um, followed closely by potassium. And if you will notice and read labels on electrolytes, you'll see a lot more sugar than salt to make them palatable, which is not really going to, be, to rehydrate your horse. Um, you can make a mix of your own. Um, and we also have a brand new um, product available um, in our protrition family from Purina called Replenamash. Um, that is a beet pulp mash product for horses that contains electrolytes um, that have been balanced to replace specifically what horses lose in half an hour of continuous sweating. Um, so if you're looking to really rehydrate your horse after exercise, then a product like Replenamash um, can be a really good way to go because you're going to get um, lots of nutrition into the horse in addition to water and electrolytes with a product like that versus a commercial electrolyte that's mostly sugar. Um, with that, I hope that we've answered some of your questions tonight on how horses cool themselves, how we can improve the horse's cooling mechanisms, um, and what that means for your feeding program. As always, I'm watching this video live with you. If you have any questions, you can drop those in the comments, or you're always free to reach out to me directly at gray.parks at protritionfeed.com. Thank you for joining me tonight for this Equine Essentials, and I will see you all here next month.